On a previous episode, I've talked about how you fix up that shady email list. Well, on this episode, we're getting some extra insight from Flock Freight's VP of Marketing, Jeff Lerner, on how he would tackle that same problem. Hello again, Blythe Brumley with DigitalDispatch.io, and in today's episode, we're not only diving into how Jeff would handle an email list from a questionable source, but also things like helping the sales and marketing team become more aligned, how Flock Freight is prioritizing people and the planet, plus a good debate on if pineapple belongs on pizza. Quick hint, it does. It's a fun conversation, so I hope y'all enjoy. So let's move on to our first guest, who's no stranger to handling market marketing, albeit the right way. Let's bring in Jeff Lerner. He is the VP of Marketing over at Flock Freight. So welcome in, Jeff. Thank you, Blythe. Good to be here. Thank you for coming on the show. Now, now first question, we had just got off of my cold email outreach, I guess, platform. Uh, where, are you pro or anti cold email outreach? Uh, is it? Am I allowed to say that I'm I'm pro using it to win business? I am anti receiving all of those emails. <laughs> um, you, you know, I, I do think there's a time and a place and a way that that email marketing can be effective. I do think that there are ways, and you outlined quite a few of them, to be um, you know smarter about an email marketing strategy. Um, having said that, as somebody who gets you know, tens to hundreds of, of emails and LinkedIn DMs every single day. Um, there's a line of, of what is effective, what is not, and, and what is just kind of downright borderline creepy. <laughs> well, t- tell me about a message that has gotten your attention in the past and maybe one, maybe a cold outreach that has worked on you. You know, I, I do think that anytime a, a marketer or a, a salesperson spends even a few minutes to understand me and, and the business and can include some of that within an email, I am far more likely to respond and read it. Um, you know, even if it's a, something as like, hey, I've been on your website, here's something that I noticed, I have a curiosity about this. Um, you know, that at least shows that there's some level of interest and, so, and some level of, of work being done by that sales rep to, Treat me as more than just you know a name in a database, as you were talking about. Um, and so that is something that I would would I don't want to necessarily say would respond to all of them, but certainly are more likely to not immediately you know delete that email. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100% because I think it also matters the time and the day because it, in my example that I was laying out earlier, it was just an influx of cold emails. So I imagine if if that's happening to you where it's just a, a day where you've just gotten too many cold outreaches, it, it doesn't matter what you would do. It's probably going to be deleted or just not responded to or reported as spam. Um, but for you, on, on your end of things, hypothetically, if you were to obtain an email list, how would you approach it as far as making it manageable or or would you even use it at all? Yeah. I mean, I I think you certainly brought up some really good points. I mean, you know, I'm not one for buying email lists. I mean, we've certainly sponsored events where we have access to the attendee list. And I think that's a a little bit of a different story than like the really cold, just buying a list of names. Um, I don't find there to be a tremendous amount of value in that because Again, like, we, are, are these the right decision makers? How old is this list? Um, you know, is it can spam compliant? I mean, there's there's also some legal ramifications around whether or not you're you're sending those emails. So, 
Um, it, it's not part of anything that I truly believe in of doing it, but, but on the rare occasion that, that an email list, you know, falls my way or, uh, somebody within the organization has access to a list of, of contacts from, you know, maybe an event that they attended. I think a lot of the points that you made certainly make sense, especially the one regarding including it in your CRM. Um, there is nothing worse than having multiple people from within the organization trying to call upon or email the same prospect um, and having our, you know, us look like we are disorganized on our end. Absolutely. That that was such a heartbreaking moment when, when this woman w- was telling me about it. And I just felt for her because she was trying to do things the right way. Um, and then it, you know, it, it, it ended up with other employees affecting her eventual business outcome. So it's unfortunate for her, but it's also a hard lesson, I think, for a lot of folks out there to, to learn. But now that we we know your email strategy secrets, t- tell us a little bit about who Jeff is as, as a person, your career history, how you got into Flock Freight, all that good stuff. Yeah, so uh, I've been in marketing for twenty plus years. The the gray hairs, I don't know if they they come through, you know, <laughs> on this, but but they're there. Um, my career started at Google. I, I joined Google back in two thousand and four, um, back when Google literally was just the search engine. Uh, back when we didn't even have Gmail yet, so it's kind of weird. But I worked at Google when we used Microsoft Outlook to send our emails. Nice. <laughs> um, and, and I spent I spent about eight years at Google. Um, really learning, you know, the world of marketing, but but I was learning it from the perspective of a media company. And don't get me wrong, the, you know, the rumors of of what life at Google is, you know, is like are all true. I mean, I was eating lobster mashed potatoes for lunch, you know, probably three times a week, and you know, all the perks and benefits were amazing. But I wanted to kind of spread my wings a little bit and learn a little bit more about the world of marketing and branding. And so I went to a marketing agency. Uh, also in New York, which is where I'm, I'm from. So I have some very strong views of, of, about pizza. So that, that's a hot topic you know, <laughs> issue for me. Um, and so I went to a marketing agency to learn why do, do marketing agencies make the decisions that they do for their companies and, and their clients? You know, Why do they allocate budget towards paid search as opposed to email? Or why do they invest in social media when they could be investing in, in display ads and other things? And so I did that for a while and then had an opportunity to move to San Diego, which I absolutely do not regret because it is sunny and warm and beautiful again today. Um, and worked for uh, Cricket Wireless to help lead their digital marketing efforts and their branding and e-commerce. Um, and so for the last you know eight years, I've been out in San Diego. And for the last two plus years, about two and a half years, uh, I've been working at Flock Freight, leading you know the marketing initiatives and you know, helping to build a brand from, you know, our, our very early days as, as formerly optics and then into our, our new branding. I guess it's not really new anymore, but our, our branding, you know, in the world of flock. And so, so what, what, with all the freight tech technology that has come into the space, especially over the last few years, how, what is, what is flock freight doing uh, to, to help serve their customers now and then hopefully in the future? Yeah, so the Flock Freight technology is is fundamentally different than a lot of other tech in the market. Um, while there is so much great tech that helps facilitate carriers and shippers kind of getting paired together, uh, there's a lot of great tech, you know, such as Project 44s of the world. Um, what we do is we fundamentally change the way the freight actually moves. And so we're leveraging algorithms and technology to pool freight at point of purchase. So 
uh, a customer, a shipper who traditionally might move three to four pallets of goods from the port in LA to Chicago, um, instead of being faced with the choice of, do I just move that LTL and, and, you know, deal with some of the potential, uh, you know, ramifications of that, of, of, you know, delays of having it loaded, you know, multiple times between, you know, LA and Chicago or the flip side, do I, does that shipper go the very expensive route of, you know, getting their, their own, their own truck? Uh, to move that freight, in which case most of that truck may not be, you know, will be empty space. What we do is we say, oh, you know, we'll take your, you know, your few pallets of goods because we have other shipments that are going in the LA to Chicago uh, lane. And we're going to pair that that shipment with other similar size shipments and other other similar commodities to help move it from start to finish. And so what we're striving for is a world in which trucks are completely full where freight moves when it's ready, um, when shippers don't have to worry about constraints of what is uh, what would have tr- traditionally been an LTL shipment versus what would have been moved with a consolidator versus what might have been you know, relegated to a, a truckload that, that's not completely full. And so by doing all those things, we're also looking to have a positive impact, impact on the environment. And that's why we're the, the first and only B Corp in freight and the first and only, you know, logistics provider that can offer a carbon neutral freight shipping option at no extra cost to our shippers. Well, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that brings me to to my next question. Because on your Instagram profile, you actually have it in your bio that says you're prioritizing people plus the planet as a B Corp. So tell us a little bit about how you know Flock Freight is attempting. You're you're attempting to reach that goal of net zero carbon by 2040. How are you approaching that goal, and 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 why this goal? You know, I, I I firmly believe, and and the organization, it, it's part of our culture and our DNA that uh, achieving this goal, and and you know, we certainly hope to do it well before twenty forty, um, is a vital one for for just the the general future of our our country and our climate and the impact that the trucking industry has traditionally had. Um, we see ourselves with an opportunity to pool freight together to make the freight shipping industry significantly more um, efficient and to remove those trucks that are moving with, with empty space and, you know, multiple stops at warehouses and terminals, which also, you know, impact climate emissions. And so as a B Corp, you know, part of what makes us a B Corp is our commitment to trying to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. And so by offering a carbon neutral freight shipping option, we purchase offsets through carbon fund that are literally being used to build uh, charging stations for truck drivers. So, you know, a truck driver at the end of their shift, who's normally might have to run their truck in idle to charge their laptop, their iPad, their cell phone, so they can call home or, you know, watch some TV or whatever it may be. um, We're helping to build charging stations kind of similar to, I guess you can imagine like a gas pump, but for charging, you know, plugging your items in. So that trucks don't need to sit in idle, thus impacting the environment in a negative way. Now, now, obviously, you know, with with everything that you just told us that, you know, with being environmentally friendly is very important. And, and I'm sure it helps with, with a lot of your marketing efforts. But how are you who are you marketing to, to now? And 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 how are you, uh, I guess, uh, uh, strategizing those approaches? Is it what does your outreach look like and why? Yeah, you know. Our outreach is, you know, we want to work with with anyone and everyone. I mean, I guess every, every 
you know, freight company wants to say that. <laughs> but, you know, one of the areas where we have found a lot of success and we continue to see, and, and, it's, and it's very encouraging for us, is we see more and more companies that also have their own sustainability goals. And mm-hmm. more and more organizations have, you know, chief sustainability officers or, you know, other people within their organization that have a sustainability title. And so those organizations are, are the perfect partners for us because they also are on the same wavelength as we are in terms of our ability to have a positive impact on the environment. On the flip side, because we want to fill trucks at scale and thus reduce trucks that are, that are on the road with empty space, it also means that we have an opportunity to pay our carriers more. We want them to maximize their revenue potential. And so we're constantly building our outreach towards the carrier community to ensure that they understand that how multi-stop with, with Flock is considerably different than it may be uh, with others, and also how we are looking to ensure that they are making the money that they so deserve. Um, and all of this combined with the fact that there's a, a driver shortage, combined with the fact that there are issues in the supply chain, um, you know, the Flock business model lends itself really well to helping you know, alleviate at least some small portion of those issues. I, I love that. And especially from the selling point of, hey, carriers, you can still, you're, you're, you're losing out on money here. So why not make an environmentally friendly pitch to them that they can make more money and also save, you know, Mother Earth? I think that that is a, a win-win for all folks involved. And, and and coming from a marketing background, extensive marketing background, as you have, you, you have quite the amount of experience, I would imagine, working with the internal sales team. How are you guys balancing the roles and responsibilities between? Because it, a, a lot of times it's it's seen as marketing versus uh, versus sales. But how, what about at Flock Freight? How are you guys managing, but also respecting the roles that that each person brings from a marketing and a sales perspective? Are you guys? Is it regular meetings? Is it um, just trying to align on certain topics? How are you guys finding success? Yeah, you, you know, it, it, that's a fantastic question. And I certainly have experienced that world where, where marketing and sales, you know, are, you know, at ends with each other quite a bit. Um, I'm very fortunate that that is not the case at Flock. And in fact, you know, the, the sales leaders on both the, the customer sales side, as well as on our carrier side of the organization are two of the closest, you know, not just professional relationships I have, but also friendships that I've made, you know, over the past, you know, two and a half years. And, you know, the, the leadership on those sides and I meet frequently. We're always talking about, you know, what are some of the issues that we can solve? What are the things and responsibilities that marketing should have in helping to solve certain issues? And where do the sales teams need to do a better job of communicating our value propositions or what we're hearing or seeing in the marketplace? You know, I, I think the most important thing, and um, I, I think I speak for the other leaders, you know, on the sales team is that we leave our egos at the door. I mean, we are an ego-free uh, leadership team when it comes to how we go about making decisions and thinking about how we win. And so anytime I have a, you know, I don't want to call it a criticism, but certainly a, an opportunity for the sales team, um, it's met with, you know, respect. And, and it's met with, you know, the, the other leaders knowing that I'm trying to make them better and vice versa. I want to hear how marketing can do more. I want to understand the problems that they face so that marketing can help them find solutions. We are, you know, we have a, a company motto. It's part of our, our culture and our DNA and one of our co- core values that we are all in. And that means we are all in in 
understanding each other and helping each other to win. And it is not a battle of my team versus your team at all. I love that. What a great mindset to have. But I'm, I'm going to flip the script for this this final question that I have for you because you mentioned that you're you're pretty opinionated on pizza. So final question: pineapple on pizza? Is it yay or nay? You know, I, I ask that question of people all the time, and and on the one hand, I want to desperately be the guy who says, you know, I, you do you and whatever makes you happy, and you know, and so I I, I want to be that person but I just have a hard time getting there with pineapple on pizza (laughs) to me. Like it's just the, the sweet of a pineapple on pizza. Like it just doesn't go. So be true to my, (laughs) it it, it may be good, but be true to my New York roots. Like it's pizza. Maybe it's got some meat or veggies, but like a fruit, it just doesn't do it for me. I'm sorry. I know I'm going to get a whole bunch of cold emails now about, pizza and pineapple and that that's their way in. That, that that I feel like that's a great set that's a great way to to end this segment. So I appreciate appreciate your time Jeff where can folks follow more of your work and Flock Freight? Yeah, they can certainly visit us at flockfreight.com. I would encourage everyone to uh, connect with us on LinkedIn and follow us there um, as we constantly have some some great content to share with uh, everyone in the industry as well as you know always some of my marketing ideas as well. Absolutely. You guys do a fantastic job across social media and, and your website as well. So so kudos to you guys for, for doing a good job, even if you don't like pineapple on pizza. It's fine. <laughs> Thank you, Blythe. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. If you like what you heard, consider sharing it with a friend. Podcast discoverability is a bit of a challenge for creators like myself, so word of mouth goes a long way. You can check out past episodes of the show by hitting up the learn page on digitaldispatch.io. I also have some free courses on the site that cover content marketing, distribution, and even how to audit your own website. That's going to come in handy as everyone starts to prepare for those 2022 budgets. While you're there, you can also check out our socials, the DIY shop, or custom services. Until next time, I'm Blythe Brumleave, and I will see you real soon.